This podcast is a production of Journey, a church community inspiring people to live big. For more information, please visit cincyjourney.org. Hey, good morning. My name is Joe Merrick. I'm the lead pastor here at Journey. Just wanted to say a thank you to all of you who got out in this weather and uh, made it here uh, this morning. Uh, it's kind of nice to see some snow on the ground. Uh, and especially to those of you who might be new this morning, we want to say thank you for being here. We know it's not an easy thing to walk into a new place and to navigate yourself around. And so we want to say thank you for uh, joining us. Thank you for your courage today. Uh, if you're new or you have been around for some time, we want to encourage you uh, to take a moment and to reach into the seat back in front of you. And you're going to find uh, a Connect card that looks something like this. Um, and you can put information in there. If you're new, we would love uh, just to send you a gift in the mail, a thank you for being here in the mail. Um, and, uh, but also, uh, there's lots of other things you can communicate to us there on the back. Prayer requests decisions you've made, other things you want us to know about as a church. Hey, uh, also, before um, we get too far into today, wanted to take a moment, and uh, many, many of you are aware that uh, over the week we had a pretty exciting week here at Journey Church. Um, we had a pipe, a, a part of our hot water tank in the back uh, exploded, <laughs> uh, and just water ran all night. Uh, until it pretty much covered um, most of the back uh, half of our building. Um, the back, the furthest three classrooms were spared, but uh, the nursery, the kitchen, uh, the gym, half the cafe, I'm probably forgetting some other places. Anyway, all got a, a fairly significant amount of water. We discovered it Monday morning. Uh, we called some professionals right away. Uh, they sent out just an enormous team. Uh, there's probably 14, 20 guys here for three, four days solid uh, and more equipment than I thought was possible. Uh, like 85 of those uh, fans, um, great big, what is it? Decongest? Decontestant dryers. Decontest. I get it. Big drive. Like, like they pulled them in on trailers and, um, and they, they created their own uh, duct work throughout the building and pumped hot, dry air in and sucked out the wet, moist air. Um, so the, I share all that to say the advantages uh, were that um, we uh, got to it early. Uh, we called the right people right from the beginning. And so uh, they were able to dry out um, the building before mold, before mildew could really uh, take hold. And so we're really, really thankful for that. Uh, we're also uh, thankful for um, the fact that it happened that day, um, that Sunday, Monday, uh, like Sharon said, we host the Reach Out Lakota uh, Christmas Drive, uh, the gift distribution for the community. Um, 1,600 presents were scheduled to come Monday the next day. And uh, 
usually it's all in the back in the gym. We'd bring all that kind of stuff uh, through the building. Obviously, we had to make some quick plan changes. And thankfully, we have an adaptable uh, church and building. And so we took all the chairs out of here. And even though this space is much smaller than the gym, um, they filled it with uh, tables. And I took some pictures. I should have brought them with me. I didn't. Um, But essentially, this entire room was full of Christmas gifts. The stage um, was where all the bikes got given away, and so it was kind of just lined up uh, with bikes. It was just a really exciting time, and um, so many people from Reach Out were so appreciative of how hard we worked, because pretty much all week long, um, our biggest concern was how do we help Reach Out uh, facilitate and still um, do this drive on, or not the drive, the, the distribution on Saturday. Uh, and then yesterday, um, about 1.30 when they were done, we said, okay, now what are we going to do for ourselves tomorrow? Uh, and so, so many of you, uh, really an army of you showed up, and I want to say thank you uh, to all those folks who showed up. We came up with a intermediate plan. Um, we, so we have these carpet tiles that we put in uh, a couple of years ago, and some of those got dried out, some of them got destroyed, some of them uh, just didn't make it. But the ones that we could use, we relined the hallway uh, in kind of just a haphazard way. We didn't really work on the edges because that took too much time. Uh, but we, we got a, a path that you could walk down, and then we took some, it's not saran wrap, but it looks like saran wrap. <laughs> um, and we put those down over the top. The reason we did that is because um, those carpet tiles, when they're not glued down, they have a tendency, especially with some of the glue that was already on them, to peel up and how they were folded, um, and they become a trip hazard. And so we wanted, our, our objectives were to make the building safe. Uh, and so we did that to kind of keep it, uh, we, we could then have a, um, a plan where you could still come into the building and you could walk down and drop your kids off in a classroom. Um, that was important to us. The first plan was to create two separate uh, entrances and just kind of um, section off the middle of the building. Uh, but because we had so many people here, we were able to create kind of that uh, secondary plan and, um, and create a walkway and some of that kind of space. Uh, going forward, um, that's our intermediate plan. That's not like a permanent solution, just to be clear. Um, going forward, we're working with the insurance agent. Uh, we just met with them at the end of the week and uh, it's going to be a couple of weeks before we really get answers from them. Um, and so we're in for a couple of months of kind of some rehab. Uh, so we just wanted to kind of set those expectations and just ask that you be flexible with us as we kind of um, uh, move forward. Um, and so I told you about that. I told you, uh, I, I thanked you who were... Um, we're here yesterday helping clean up. We celebrated Reach Out Lakota. And the, you know, 1,500 gifts that were given out of this facility, that's an amazing thing, especially considering everything that happened. Uh, so hopefully I answered more questions than I gave you. If you have questions, please come talk to me, uh, and uh, we'll try and do our best to get those answered. With all that shared, let me uh, pray for us, and then we're going to jump into what we're here for today. Lord God, uh, we say thank you to you. We say thank you to you in the midst of even when our plans don't go as uh, we thought they would go, how you still show up. 
uh, how you work through this building, through these people this week. Lord, we just celebrate that. We celebrate all the people who work so hard to move tables and chairs multiple times to facilitate all the different things that happened here, all the gifts that got given away, all the um, underprivileged families that get to enjoy uh, this Christmas season a little bit more because of some of the hard work and generosity of this community. Uh, Lord, we say thank you for that. God, we ask that um, you open our hearts and our minds to what you want us to learn and to experience today, God. We know that every person is here. Uh, They have something to learn from you. We believe that, God. Help us to be willing and open to learn those lessons. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, Uh, Welcome to week number two of a series called Unforgettable Christmas. And when we worked on that title and kind of planned this year out uh, almost a year ago, I didn't think that that title would be quite so literal um, because this will be the year that the church flooded or the Christmas the church flooded forever in my memory. Hopefully the only time we have that memory. Um, And so, but we continue on. And while we continue on, um, while we're inconvenienced, while we have questions, um, it's a good reminder. It's a good reminder that Christmases often don't go as we plan them. They don't happen the way that we envision them. In fact, the first Christmas wasn't how anybody planned it. It wasn't a picture that anybody had in their Minds, a young pregnant girl and her fiance traveling. They get to their destination. There's no room for them at the hotel, at the place that they were going to stay. The only spot they can find is a barn with some animals. And we like to uh, build these beautiful nativities and sometimes they're hand carved and they have the little angel above and they look cute and they remind us of Christmas. But I guarantee you that first Christmas, nobody walked into the barn thinking this is perfect. This is just where uh, the savior of the earth, the, our redeemer, our king should be born. As some uh, comic relief this morning to think uh, a little bit less about our own troubles and focus on maybe some other troubles. Thought we would talk for a moment about some Christmas plans uh, that got spoiled, that didn't go as they were envisioned. And I don't know how you talk about that. I don't know of a better example than the Christmas movie, A Christmas Vacation. Right, where Clark Griswold is uh, got this big plan for how he's going to have this family Christmas and all the things that are going to happen. And so many things uh, kind of fall apart in his plan. And we have uh, one of them that we're going to watch kind of go horribly, horribly wrong this morning. Sound. 
That's a funny squeaky sound. You couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. Shh. I hear it too. Don't hear it anymore. these goddamn things oh not recently clark he read the squirrels were high in cholesterol It's, it's good to laugh, right? I mean, he, they, they had all these plans of how things were going. Uh, several things had already gone wrong. They bring the Christmas tree uh, home. It's the fresh Christmas tree from the farm. And there's a squirrel in it, and they chase it. and goes on and on and on. Christmas doesn't always go as planned. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're illustrating here this morning. Life doesn't always go as planned. But one of the things that you'll notice is that when things inevitably go wrong, when they don't go as we hoped, when they don't go as we dreamed, how we respond, how we respond is a much bigger predictor of our level of joy, of our level of frustration than our circumstances are. As we look at the story of Jesus' birth, in particularly in the Gospel of Luke today, in that we see the role of Mary, Jesus' mother. And Mary, in, in this Gospel, her, uh, her uh, attitude kind of gets drawn up as this example. It gets held up as this example of faithfulness in the opening chapters of Luke. And what, we, what gets highlighted there in Mary's attitude is her humbleness. Her humbleness. And, and so that's what I want to talk about today. That's what I want to talk about as kind of a key attribute of having an unforgettable Christmas is having a humble heart. One of the ways we have a humble heart, especially as people who follow Jesus, is we say, like Mary does in this, uh, these verses, okay, God. Your plans, they're greater than mine. Your plans, they're greater than mine. I'll do what you say. That's what Mary does essentially in 
these verses. We're going to look at Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38 this morning. If you're following along, if you got uh, the YouVersion Bible app on your phone, or you got a Bible with you today, or we'll also have uh, the words here on the screen. Again, this is Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Verse 31. You will be with child, and you will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And we will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God, the angel says in verse 37. And Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. It's important to note that in the Gospel of Luke, the the birth story that starts out in the very beginning isn't the birth story of Jesus, it's the birth story of John. John the Baptist, we talked about him last week. And John's birth is uh, miraculous in its own way. It's a story that, that parallels Jesus' birth, that, that uh, there's comparisons that are kind of drawn up and, and brought out in these verses. The angel Gabriel was sent to John's father, Zechariah. Zechariah was a priest. He was in the temple. He was old. And he was promised that his wife, even though they were too old, they were far beyond the years they should be able to have children, and they had never had children before, but she was going to have a child. And that child was going to announce, prepare the way for the coming Savior, for Jesus. The catch again was that Zechariah, that Elizabeth, that they were, they were too old. They weren't supposed to be able to have children. And so Zechariah, Zechariah doubts. 
He has a hard time believing this. And so he says to the angel, can you give me a sign? Something that that tells me that this is actually going to happen, that this is of God. And the angel gave him more than he bargained for. Zechariah was unable to speak until the promise was fulfilled. We compare that to, to Mary. So many similarities here, a lot of similarities. That an angel comes, the same angel comes bearing impossible news. Zechariah is the older one, the one with all the wisdom. He's the priest with all of the religious education, the one that people come to for advice and guidance. But he doubts and wants proof. Mary, Mary's the young woman, no significant education, no special religious training, but she responds. She responds by saying, God, you know better than me. Whatever your will is, let's, let's do that. That faithful response of Mary. It makes for an unforgettable Christmas because Mary highlights for us this, this heart, this heart of humility. She says, God, your plans are greater than mine. She says, you know what? I might have some questions. I might have some doubts, but let me push those aside and let me just say yes. Let me just say yes to you, God, because I know you know better than me. I know that your plans are better than my plans. I know that your dreams are better than my dreams. Mary says yes to God's intrusion Because she saw that God's plans were greater than hers. Humility. Humility is one of those uh, buzzwords that we talk a lot about. We, we kind of hold it up, especially in the church. But the reality is, everything in us so often just uh, uh, goes against humility. Because it's hard Because it expresses itself in surrender. Saying, God, your plans, your dreams, they're greater than mine. It's difficult. But when we do it, God can accomplish far more than we ever dreamed, far more than we ever hoped or imagined. Author Philip Yancey writes this. Every work of God comes with two edges, he says. Great joy and great pain. Humbleness isn't easy. It's not easy, but it's what God calls us to. It's what God desires for our hearts. It's this attribute that gets held up in these first kind of uh, couple chapters, the story of Mary and Elizabeth, story of Jesus' birth. It 
It's what God will help us accomplish. It's what he wants to see in your heart and in my heart. In verse 36, Gabriel the angel says to Mary that her relative Elizabeth is pregnant even in her old age. So Mary packs her bag. She's going to go see her. She heads south. It's about a four-day journey to Judea where she would be. And so she has plenty of time to kind of do what we do, right? Rehearse what she's going to say. Think about, did, did this really happen? Was that really an angel? Was it a dream? What was it? But she didn't have any, she didn't even have time to say any of it. If we look at uh, what happens in verses 41 and following. When Elizabeth, her, her relative, heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then listen to what she says, verse 42. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. Mary says, but, or I'm sorry, Elizabeth says, but why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord had said to her will be accomplished. For Mary, this must have been one of those moments when she, the kind of the weight of the world fell off her shoulders. She must have spent so much time, those four days on that journey, wondering, is this, did that really happen? Is this really right? Am I crazy? Then as soon as she sees Elizabeth, she knows. She knows that this really did happen, that God really is using her this way. Elizabeth is humbled. Humbled by the fact that Mary, the soon-to-be mother of Jesus, has come to visit her. Unlike her own husband, she says, Mary, you believed, you believed that the Lord would deliver on his word. Not only that, but she recognized that um, the child in Mary's womb was greater than the child in her own. Years later, her son John would be famous for confessing. He, Jesus, must increase and I must decrease. You see, humility is expressed not only by knowing that God has greater plans than our own, but by accepting our place in them. You have a place. I have a place. We have a place. 
but your place is different than someone else's. We lose so much energy comparing and contrasting, and we, we lose so much, uh, we spend so much emotion, and the result is just jealousy, frustration. Rather than the result we see here in the scripture from, from Mary and from uh, Elizabeth, their, their response is joy. Their response is joy. So if you want to be like Elizabeth, if you want to be like Mary and experience joy, one of the things that we see here in this text in these verses is that having an unforgettable Christmas, uh, having God in our hearts, it's not about finding the perfect gift. It's not about planning the best holiday party. Maybe the key to joy this Christmas, the key to having more of Jesus in this season, in this time, is to have a humble heart. A humble heart like Mary did, a humble heart like Elizabeth did. I know that sometimes that's easier said than done. And so this morning, maybe if you've kind of felt God uh, pluck prick at your heart. You could be more humble. There's some things that you could do. I've got a couple of just practical ways we can work on humility this week. I have four for you if you want to write them down. The first is to simply pray. Pray for a humble heart. When you recognize selfishness, when you recognize um, comparison kind of welling up inside of you, let that be a trigger. Let it be a trigger to, to prompt a prayer, a prayer of thankfulness, a prayer just asking God to increase humility in you because you know that is something God desires for you, but it doesn't come easy. It doesn't come natural. One of the behaviors we have to get uh, happening in our heart, in our life, if we want humility to rise up in us, is we have to pray for it. Second thing is, maybe this week you could take a challenge to study humbleness in Scripture. To go to the Bible and see what God has to say about humility, how he calls us to it. Take some time and a highlighter and really kind of work through some of those pieces. Here's a couple of places to start. If you're taking notes, write these down. Luke chapter 14, right here in the same book. Luke 14, 1 through 14 has these incredible uh, verses about humility. Another place you can go is Philippians chapter 2. Both great places to learn some more about what God calls us to. But having a humble heart. Having a heart that's more like his. More like he designed and desires us to have. If we're going to have that, we have to go to his word. We have to discover what he wants 
for us. Third way to kind of increase humility practically this week is to affirm humility in others. Humbleness isn't an easy thing, right? It's not easy for you. It's not easy for me. It's not easy for our spouse or people in our life. And so when we see it happen, we need to point to it. We need to celebrate it. We don't need to say, you know, I I, I see when you did that, I see so much Jesus in that. The way you responded to that difficult circumstance and how you uh, talked to that person. You could have been angry. You could have been judgmental. You could have been frustrated. But I saw humbleness. I saw Jesus in you. It's a fantastic compliment. And again, it's, it's something that doesn't come natural. It doesn't come easy to us. And so we got to celebrate it where we see it in the people around us. And that helps them and it helps us. Lastly, number four is, if you feel like um, you want to increase some humbleness, some, a practical way to do that as well is to eliminate some negative um, influences. If this is something that you work on, I, I see this in my kids, I see it in my own life too. Right, where maybe uh, we notice that we're in this kind of season this pat, we have this pattern of behavior where maybe jealousy wells up inside of us. Maybe frustration comes quicker than it did before. We have these attributes that aren't a humble heart. And maybe sometimes we pick up on those. We pick up on those from uh, influences in our life. Maybe TV shows, maybe a movie, maybe it's just some people in particular who bring out this negative pieces in life, maybe we just need to take a break from some of those things for a moment, for a season. I had this thought as I was thinking about that idea. So many times we laugh at things that we see on a TV show and a movie. We laugh at things that if we did it in real life, we'd lose our job. We'd be divorced. We'd be alone. But we can't help sometimes those influences. They, they still, they, uh, they influence us in a negative way. And so if you feel that kind of uh, rough season, this period of when times you're not reflecting that heart of humbleness and humility, you're jealous, you're frustrated, maybe you need to look at some of the influences in your life and figure out, is there a couple that you need to take a break from. With those kind of four practical things shared, today we've seen in two very specific ways in this opening chapter of Luke, we've seen two uh, illustrations of a humble heart. And as we think about Christmas, as we think about uh, the story of Jesus' birth coming into this place, that's one of those attributes that, that we see get raised up there. We see it in Jesus himself, in the way he came into this world. We see it in Elizabeth. We see it in Mary. And we should see it in ourselves. We've seen some practical ways that we can implement that. Not an exhaustive list, but a start. 
some things you could do this week to increase humility in you. Because believe me, the Bible says that's one of the things God wants to see increasing in every single one of us. Let me pause and pray, and then Daniel will come and lead us in a final song. Lord God, we, we open up your word. We open up your word and we see these characters. We see this humbleness in you and in these people, God. And we know that from these verses, you are calling us to be humble. You're calling us to have a humble heart. But God, as someone who tries to see that happen in his life, I know people all across this room know it's not easy. It doesn't come natural. And so this morning, we just take this time and we ask, we pray to you, Lord, that you would increase humility in us. Because we know that's one of the things that we see in your heart, in your life. We know it's one of the things that you call us to as followers of you. God, we know it's one of the things that can help us have an unforgettable Christmas. Because if we have, if we have humility in our heart, we have a heart that's more like yours. God, lastly, we, we just know that you're the one, you're the one who can really increase humility in us. You're the one that can change us from the inside out, God. And that's what we ask that you start doing even now. In your name we pray.